And I think in two hours I had 10k <laughs> to play with. I was like, boys, I never tested this code. I cannot even test it. Are you sure you want to give me that much money? So, uh, yeah, 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 do it, do it. And it worked. <laughs> I think we multiplied the money by two, almost by two, in, in like one minute. <laughs> GM, GM, everyone. My name is Dugachi. Welcome back to Scraping Bits. And we're here with Raph. How's it going, man? Hi. Not bad, good, not you? bad. Already done two episodes today and... On to the third. <laughs> um, so let's talk hmm. about, first of all, it's a pleasure to have you on, on short, such short notice as well. Like, you didn't really plan this weeks in advance, just kind of like DM'd you, you're like, yo, let's go. Um, so yeah, pleasure to have you on. I think this is going to be an amazing talk for myself and just everybody listening to get some insight into what you do. Um, so just to segue into it, what do you do? So I'm an MEV searcher at uh, Project Blank, and that's basically it. <laughs> yeah, you just focus on that, sick. So tell us a little bit about Project Blank and your kind of role in this in this project. Uh, so Project Blank got funded something like two years ago um, by Dean and Edgar. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, yeah, Edgar is well known in the MEV space. Mm -hmm. I think he, he was one of the first uh, to do MEV. Yeah. So he found me on a obscure Telegram channel. We were together. Okay, <laughs> as you do. Yeah, and um, yeah, that's how we started Blink. So you just kind of like found each other on Telegram, and then he was like, "Yo, let's start this. Let's try and make some money." Yeah, that's the idea. At first, I was just on Twitter looking for some people doing MEV. Okay. At the time, I didn't know that it was called MEV. I was just doing this uh, by myself. I was like, I'm pretty sure that there's some people doing the same thing as me. Mm -hmm. And so I found the crypto Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, I just helped Edgar randomly about programming question because he was trying to solve the same problem that I was looking for for two months. Okay, wow, okay, right. And then one day he asked me, oh yeah, do you want to join this Telegram channel I'm creating with uh, other MEV searchers? Right, right, so like a little alpha group. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. But this channel is dead now, there is like no activity. Oh, right, everybody's being kind of poached. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to yeah. like leak any alpha. Um, yeah, there's, there's nothing really happening gotcha. in this channel anymore. So yeah, at the time I was bored in my job. Okay. I was working for a cloud provider, doing some networking stuff. Right. And yeah, one day he asked, okay, I'm doing a professional team of Searcher. Do you want to join? Mm -hmm. I said, okay. And 40 hour, 48 hours later, I resigned from my job. Oh, really? <laughs> You're just like, <laughs> yeah, all right, let's go all in. And sick. Yeah. And yeah, so you were doing MEV already, um, but you just didn't know what it was, right? And then you, yeah. you just like randomly met Edgar. Uh, you just like DM'd him, cold DM'd him. And then he just was like, yeah, join this chat. Let's, let's link up. And then eventually you just hired yeah. you, right? So I guess like, what has it been like working there? Um, in like a full MEV team, I don't know how, how big it is, but what do you think it's different to being like a, a solo searcher? Like what are, what's the differences you think? 
Um, I think the big difference is that uh, you cannot rely on someone else to give you the answer of what you are going to do. Mm-hmm. That's the whole idea of searching is that there is, there is not the answer on Stack Overflow. And if your alpha is dead, then you need to just move out and find something else. <laughs> yeah. It's not like you're doing, I don't know, front-end development. Yeah, yeah. And if you cannot align properly the button, there is the answer somewhere on the internet. Mm-hmm. Here, you are all by yourself. So. Yeah, and it makes sense because it's like a zero-sum game. Whoever, you know, is being the best, they don't want to share information. So it's really kind of like like an arena where it's just complete PvP yeah. and everyone's out for themselves. Um, it's, it's like... Hunger, ga- hunger Games for programmers. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. It's like... <laughs> there's, there's only one winner at the end. Yeah, yeah. It's basically just a, a PvP game, but yeah, for prog- <laughs> yeah it's amazing. <laughs> and I think that brings a lot of uh, competitive people into the space as well, like massive teams. They cool. want to be the very best. Um, and I think it's even more, motivate- more, even more motivating to build the best product you can because you're competing against other humans, right? Um, and it's kind of like self-satisfaction, like, yeah, I'm better than you. See, I can do this and you can't. <laughs> yeah, I know. Despite like all the, despite it being so lucrative for, um, you know, those that are profitable, right? Uh, like like the one search of Jared, if you've seen him, he's just like completely cornering the market, right? Uh, yeah. But the thing is like, it, it can be depressing sometimes because when you're creating bots, 90% of your ID fail, I think. So sometimes like your last bot is dead because the competition is just too high. Yeah. So it's not worth it to continue it. And you search for new stuff and then sometimes you are like, during two months you have nothing and you feel like big shits <laughs> yeah yeah I, I, that's definitely happened like i've seen like a like small little searches right they just find their own little long tail niche strategy that they run for a little bit and then some bigger team comes along copies it and obviously they're a bigger team with more resources so they can just throw more at it and just completely steal it from the little guy and the little guy can't do anything about it <laughs> so, yeah it's like a whole um, cat and mouse game also, the, the problem is that when you're alone on your strat, you don't have to bribe high, you pay almost nothing uh, for gas. And then when there is another competitor, then you just PGA or bribe too high and then all the profit just goes to the validator. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I was wondering, like, working at Project Blank, are you like basically a full stack kind of dev in terms of like customizing node, making the bot strategies? Or is it more of like hyper-optimization on your end? A bit both. So a bit of like yeah, long tail, we, a bit of hyper-optimization for like main strategies. Yeah, we mostly do long tail strats. We did some short tail too. But the problem with short tail is that it's very uh, time consuming. And if you are not in the top 1%, you basically make no money. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's better to, like if you're a smaller team, it's way better to just go for like those unique strategies looking at those protocols and trying to think of ways to basically use it to yeah. your advantage, like kind of game theory in a way. I wonder if you've you've ever like thought about, you've seen like those public auditing contests, right? Like C4 and Unify and C4, I wouldn't say quite recently, but like recently released like um, bot races, which kind of seems mm-hmm. like, a, like an MEV strat in a way for auditing, Right, like you find 
if you have a bot that basically detects vulnerabilities, you're basically getting money out of it, right? So have you ever thought about that? I think C4 is just a psyops to distract Sertrals from their main strats. All <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's still a possibility. I thought about it as well. And there's a few people participating. Um, I think if you make a really good tool, you kind of hit everything, right? Yeah. Like you can do auditing, but you also like take over the bug bounty programs. Yeah. So maybe that's like a, a strategy people aren't really thinking about. You could take over. Uh, yeah, that's true. But you need to put a lot of resources on it. And you know for sure that you're competing with the best in the, in the space. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of other alpha that are way easier to extract. Um, I guess when you started Mev, how did you even get into all of this, right? Like when you're building on your set, like searching by yourself solo, it must, it's, it's such a hard um, thing to do to get into because there's no information out there apart from like the public repos of people that have already succeeded. So how did you really like learn um, this stuff? It's all started a long time ago. Uh, a friend of mine sent me a uh, message about uh goose finance and oh yeah yeah i've seen that (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if you know goose finance uh but basically they're releasing uh the egg token yep it was like a it was like a ponzi basically yeah yeah as all the yeah (laughs) called yes is a big ponzi um but it was like okay i just bought it by hand um and I made like a lot of profits. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think you can automate it? And I was like, okay, I can have a look. Um, so I built a small tool to just snipe the liquidity. Okay. Yeah. It worked. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Did you yeah. run like your own uh, node, um, like locally or on AWS or anything like that? Or was it just RPC uh, calls? No, it was uh, a node running on his desktop computer. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was possible to win with this. So Yeah, crazy. This, like... How, this must have been maybe like a year or two ago, right? Yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. I remember Goose Finance. Um, like the whole, when PancakeSwap came out, like a whole bunch of like projects came out as well. It just it blew up the market. So... Yeah, and you were there basically while it was happening. You're already prepared for all this stuff. But again, like, were you building these bots in like uh, in Rust, JavaScript, what like Python even? Mm, Golang, Golang, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Since you're using Golang, and I'm assuming you're using Geef as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's, it's it's on Binance. Were you like building the bot inside of the node? Or were you kind of doing it separately? Uh, so I started uh, separately because at the beginning it was just the easiest, easiest way to do. And then um, the problem is that communicating with the node can be slow if you just use a JSON APC. Yeah. Uh, so I looked if it was possible to like sideload my code inside of Geth because the problem is that every time you restart Geth, you need to wait. Uh, throw it to get some peers to sync the chain again. Yeah. So that means every time you want to try some new code, you have to wait like three minutes. And that's not something I want to do. Yeah, just sitting there. So that's actually the uh, question that I answered Edgar on Twitter. Uh, All right. It was about loading module with Golang. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not module. How is it called again? But yeah, loading binary inside of the 
kf binary uh, but it's not possible to unload them so i just made like a custom rpc okay. that is just fast enough so i don't have to to bother about the speed of it and when you like set up this node I, I assume like first time learning about all this stuff would have been incredibly hard, right? Or maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was just really streamlined, easy. But how did you go about building, basically running your first node and getting into all that stuff? Uh, I was a DevOps in my previous life, so it was like five minutes for me. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. There, I guess if someone wanted to get into like node optimization, just customization in general, or even just wanting to run a node just to experiment, how do you what do you think they should do in order to like kind of test something then iterate make it better this kind of stuff i think the best advice i could give is don't go too complicated right you don't need that microsecond performance um just gonna lose a lot of time on this and it's it's not worth it so maybe just use start with a RPC, maybe even a public RPC. And the first problem you will encounter is how to simulate a transaction. Right. Or how to get a transaction from the mempool. But with a very small modification on the RPC side of GEF, you can get something pretty good, pretty easily. Mm. You can kind of like combine everything together. Or... Yeah. My advice is like, yeah, don't overcomplicate on the technical stuff. Yeah. And maybe look for an alpha where no one is looking basically just simplify get it out as fast as possible and then you can go back later and optimize right yeah because the money is made when you're the first on the strat but when you're the best exactly so i guess uh when how do you find strategies right like are you doing basically your, your own reconnaissance and looking through every single block by yourself or you just find something <coughs> on Twitter about some protocol and you go diving into it. Like, how, how do you really think about going um, up strategies? I usually, I already like look on Twitter if there's some new protocol or stuff that we don't know. And we also developed a tool that is a almost automatic alpha finder. It's not 100% automatic, but it's tell us where to look. Okay. So kind of like a symbolic execution, no? Um, not really. It's like more like some heuristic that we use. Oh, okay. So how does that work? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to extract the alpha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, have you ever like, what's kind of like the hardest thing really getting intimate? Um, for me, it's... When I started, it was basically trying to gather all the information. Where do you start and how do you start? Um, like, I'm sure there's like the flashbots, simple arbitrage, but that doesn't really produce any results, does it? You basically lose money. Um, so at one point, do you become mm. like profitable once you first starting? Um, like at least, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I started with sniping, uh, it was pretty profitable. And then I moved to arbitrage, like 99% of search shops when they start. And so I did arbitrage first on BSC and then on Polygon and it was working pretty well. And then I started blank. So we did like other stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, how many people are in your team in blank? If that's public information, you can share. 
yeah, that's not public. Okay. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, there's a lot of like with Mev, it's just so hard to to really, I guess, tell or ask questions that go like super deep because don't want to share alpha, right? It's even rare to find searches go on podcasts in general or even have like a public yep. figure like on CT. Yeah. Have you ever experimented with basically attacking other Mev bots? Attacking other bots? Yeah, that's what we did. I think it was last year, beginning of last year. Oh, interesting. We are not doing it anymore, so I can I can tell it. Yeah, there is some bot that are willing to take very large risks. Mm-hmm. For example, sandwiches. And I don't mind uh, taking money from sandwiches. <laughs> so it's basically like stealing from a drug dealer, so it cancels out. You know, there's no. Yeah, it's not. It's not stealing. It just. They do bad trades. I saw a lot of stuff on Twitter, like people basically tweeting like, okay, this this MevBot just got attacked and drained. Um, it still happens like now. I think it happened like yesterday as well. Um, so maybe. Yeah, yeah. So were you like, how did you even approach attacking these bots? Were you just looking for the bytecode and you have- Oh no, we were not like draining the contract or anything. We were just like, sending transaction into, for example, for the trap of the sandwich bot, we are just buying some token, mm-hmm. sending a transaction that is easily uh, sandwichable. Yeah. And then when the, buy, uh, when the bot try to sandwich it, we just dump the liquidity. That's it. It's like very dumb, oh. but it worked. <laughs> so it's like baiting bots. So like, you, did you like create a pool or something or? Oh, no, no. You could do it on any pair. Okay, so interesting. So it wasn't was it like a honeypot or how does that work? Maybe I'm not understanding properly. So the idea is that you find a pool with low liquidity. Oh, it can be any liquidity, any liquidity, but mm-hmm. it's easier on low liquidity pairs. You buy, let's say, one BNB worth of the token. You wait ten blocks and then you send another transaction, a buy transaction with a high slip age. And then once the bot try to sandwich you, it's going to do a very large buy at the top of the block. And you just replace your uh, buy with a sell and keep the profit. Oh, wow. Okay. You can just like replace your transaction basically. And that's, you can do that with a nonce, right? That's how you do it. Yeah. Or you just put a higher gas price on your own transaction. Oh, I got you. And then the, the the one that you put below basically cancels because it would revert, right? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's all these like little intricacies. Like all, you got to know basically the EVM incredibly well, how all the transaction sequencing works. Um, mm. And it's interesting because B, BSC doesn't have uh, flashbots where you have a private mempool and you can submit bundles, right? Uh, there is one now made. Yeah, made by the 48 Club. And I think there is like a nine or 10 validators on it. So there, there is a sort of flush button now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's pretty that's pretty cool. I never thought about that. I thought it was just still the same dark forest. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess, how do you approach sort of MEV on chains with a flashbot kind of system and MEV on a chain that doesn't? We are mainly on... BSC, so we do almost everything via the mempool. Okay. Now we also use Puissant for some strats, but yeah, most of the time the mempool is enough. Yeah. How come you guys didn't go like uh, Ethereum? 
I don't know. I think it's because we started on PSC from I don't I don't even know why we started on PSC. Maybe because I was on PSC when I joined uh, Blank. Yeah. I don't know. And then once you know very well an ecosystem, it's like less work to develop new strategy yeah for sure like you have to build up all the infrastructure and what yeah uh, yeah i guess um on bsc like node optimization doesn't matter as much um actually i would say it's, it's the opposite, it's the opposite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's actually the opposite <laughs> yeah because the, the faster confirmation times and yeah yeah it's for example for people doing background you can easily find the ip I know that some bots have at least 1,000 to 2,000 different IP for the same bot. Oh, wow. Interesting. And yeah, so those, some backrunners are running very, very large info. Yeah, yeah, sure. Have you seen that um, that Reaper Cake Sniper that was on BRC? You like open sources repo. What is it? Um, it's, it's called Cake Sniper, but basically he was doing liquidity sniping on... PancakeSwap, and he had this mechanism in the thing called Swarm, which was basically creating, well, he had like a preset of, I don't know how many addresses, like how many wallets he had connected, but it was a, you know, I think it was like a couple hundred, and they all had like balances in them. And then basically, all, each one of these addresses would send a transaction into a block and kind of like clog it up. So his one, his actual transaction oh, where yeah. he makes like the, the snipe is like the only transaction that's like doing something. The rest of them are just like decoys or clogging transactions. It's quite interesting. That was yeah. like one of the um, things I saw. So yeah, when I was doing sniping, and you can still see it now, but sometimes the mempool will be so full that you will have like blocks with two thousand failed transactions, and you could have like five to ten blocks in a row with just failed transaction. Wow, just no actual transactions in it, just like fake, like decoy ones. It's it's not even fake, it's just uh, people sending by transaction to their contract. Oh, so they're kind of just like spamming it with the same contract or, I mean, same? Yeah, kind of they're, they're spamming the same contract, uh, hoping that they will be the first one to buy the liquidity. Yeah, right. Okay, interesting. Yeah, because on Ethereum, it's completely different right like you don't need yeah. as good infra for ethereum you you mainly need like the contract because there's a uh, there's bundles and you can order stuff like that i, I even know like a top tier liquidity bull sniper um he doesn't even use a his own contract he doesn't even actually he doesn't even have a, like a contract he just sends it to a, an rpc the bundle and that's it it's it's actually quite interesting. I was like, how does that, how's that even possible? <laughs> you don't even have yeah, it's possible. Yeah. yeah, like bundling is quite an interesting concept. And I am curious of, I'm quite curious about searches on non-flashbot chains and how they approach front running, um, like sandwiching and all that. I think that's an interesting concept. Um, at blank we don't do sandwiches because first it's immoral and it's illegal at the same time yeah 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 there is a lot of money to make on other stuff than sandwiches so it's not it's not really worth it for us to do it <laughs> maybe as a solo searcher i could do it but i think it's it's not worth it and also it's one of the most competitive strats so yeah for sure. um 
So how did you go? Well, let's say, let's talk about your solo experience because I think you can share more about that. But how did you like, did you run multiple bots at the same time or were all the strategies built into a single sort of entity? Uh, when I was solo? Uh, no, I was focusing on only one bot at the time. Okay. I've seen other searches use multiple bots. So they put strategies in multiple repos and then run them all separately. I guess that's for like hyper optimization. So one, you don't have to just like spawn a bunch of threads in, in one repo. So I assume that's why they do it. But then you also see people running all the same strategies in a single repo, right? I guess it really depends on your info. But um, yeah, it's also quite expensive, um, right? To run all this stuff. That's kind of what, what we do. That's something I developed when I was solo. And that's something we still use at Blank. Mm. It's basically kind of like a framework mm. where you have all the tooling that you need for the basic stuff like converting, I don't know, BNB, big int to float or something. You can, it's based on a module system. So on the same binary, you can run multiple strategies and yep. share the resources between the strategies. Got you. And then you can kind of um, like put all of the strategies into one transaction or you do like multiple transactions on BSC? Um, no, we do multiple transactions. Okay, got you. Uh, I guess- Because yeah, the blink time is so short that- Yeah, it's an interesting, interesting sort of mechanic and when you go onto like these chains that have really fast confirmation times it's really about efficiency and speed of how yeah. fast you can get the information in basically do your calculations and heuristics on this information get it out build the craft the transaction and then propagate it as fast as possible and i guess do you have like connections to the these block builders as well or is it kind of just you submit to everyone um throw it out there and um, BSC we just send it to the mempool when we use the mempool okay but depending of the strat we can have one node or multiple nodes basically we, we analyze the network to know what is the best place to put your node mm -hmm. depending of the validator you are targeting yeah like the location like in real life location or yeah, in real life location. Yeah, so like geographic. Or, or even in the data center location. Oh, right. Interesting. Even more. Some room, some room are closer than the other yeah, to yeah. the validator. <laughs> you can put like, ask them, put your, your server right above theirs or right below it. Yeah, in a perfect world, that would be great, but it's a bit difficult to do it. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it sounds like you've, you know, you know about it, so... Alpha? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. It's the problem is that uh, going very close to the validators means that you are fighting in the microsecond level. Because let's say you are in the same, just in the same data center, the difference in time mm -hmm. between one room and another will be, I don't know, even less than 100 microseconds. So that means that your code needs to be faster than 100 microseconds. Gotcha, right. To produce the transaction. Yeah, so, you, so it's like all the speed and optimization needs to be the absolute, like, yeah. world class, basically. It's all like a zero sum yeah. game of just microseconds. Um, yeah. So if your strat doesn't require a lot of speed, you don't need to be too close to the predator. Right, yeah. And if even if, like, the competition as well, like, if you have nobody competing with you on the strategy, then you don't actually have to be as optimized. Yeah. It just, as long as you identify the, the, the strat, like 
the opportunity and then craft the transaction, send it out as fast as possible. You should be fine. Um, and there's so many like strategies and components that go on. So like MEV bots, right? There's like, is there gas bribing in BSC or is, or is not? Is there? Uh, now with the new private mempool, uh, there is some bribing. Oh, interesting. Wow. Transactions but... would matter. Like the, the gas being sent would matter then. Yeah, it's a bit different than Flashbot. Okay. Um, you don't bribe in the transaction, but you bribe with another transaction, basically. So there's two transactions to a... Yeah. Okay, right. So so the rule is that at least one of your transactions need to be at least 60 GUI. So if you're targeting a transaction that is below 60 GUI, mm-hmm. uh, then you need to create another transaction that you put on top of it. That is just like a transfer to yourself and wow. your target transaction. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit weird. I guess, how did you like learn about all these intricacies as well? Like these are very specific things about this blockchain. So I guess you had to read about this, what, I guess in their docs, but even if you wanted to get a full understanding, you would have to read their node, right? And just understand it completely. I don't think they publish their code. No, they don't. They don't publish their code. You just read the doc and experiment. Okay, right. Basically. And that's how you would go. Okay, right. So I guess another important question is if you were to like start this whole MEV career again, how would you really like, how would you redo it so you would accelerate your progress to getting to this point? I don't even know if it's possible to start MEV right now. Like from nothing. Because you, you will need, except if you do it full time, you have, either you find a very exotic, exotic, and you can make money on it. Yeah. But at the second it becomes competitive, it's not going to be possible to compete with the other people. Yeah, I think maybe even like getting to a competent level where a team would want to hire you. What, what do you guys kind of look for when you hire or would hire? Depends on what we want. But what we want is someone smart. It doesn't need to be the best programmer in the world, but just someone that is smart and that can I don't know, have new ideas. Not just someone who you say, okay, do this code, this code. I want someone like that have new ID that can search by himself. Right. So basically someone that thinks, out, thinks outside the box. They don't necessarily have to be the best programmer because that's something yeah. you can learn. I think you can also like learn thinking outside the box, but it, it does come naturally to some people, but that's basically the number one thing you look for. Yeah. And someone that has a good analyzing tool, uh, analyzing skills. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And I guess you can, you do this for every single team member, just like, even if they're not a quant or like they're a dev and all that stuff. Actually, there is no quant in the team. We are all devs. Oh, okay. dev, so we all come from a computer science background. Except in, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder, like a lot of people have approached me about starting their team as like the lead architect and lead developer. And they come from a traditional background where they're like a hedge fund or just a trading firm coming into MEV. And they have all this capital and resources, but they have no clue about how MEV works or even the dynamics of it, right? Like it's nothing like normal high frequency trading. 
it's so hard for them to get in. So when you first started, like you, you got into the goose thing and you just did it manually, right? Uh, no, I did it with, uh, with a bot. A bot. I just did it in one night. So you did all a bot, right? Um, I was just like referring, like you saw it manually and then you made a bot after. No. But what was like the step by step progress to even building that bot? I think the first thing you look for is how to create a transaction in Golang. And then you need to find how to generate the API for your contract in Golang. And then I think it was not even, it was not checking the mempool. The first version was not checking the mempool. It was just checking at every block if it was possible to send the transaction. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it worked. And then you see that someone else is faster than you mm-hmm. at the next iteration. So you look how to go faster. And so you learn about the mempool, how to get access to the mempool, because at the time there was no transaction subscription in the PSCGF code. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, it just got released like uh, last week. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you just, and... just like... You basically made this first iteration where you're looking at basically the global state of this contract and your specific pool, I assume. And then every block, you just scan for the next block and then you're basically hitting that, that storage slot of, okay, has the, the state updated since I've last checked, since the last block. And if it has, you basically do like some calculation, you know, some heuristics and... If it if it's a positive, then you you build the transaction, just send it out, and then it goes. Uh, yeah, for the goose finance, but it was way easier than this. It was really like two hundred lines of code. Oh wow! Just just cutting the contract. Is it possible? No. Is it possible? Yes. Okay. Send the transaction, <laughs> and cross your finger. <laughs> wow. Okay. Just like complete. and it worked. It worked. Yeah. How long did it work for, man? How, like how long did that strategy even work for? Um, I think it worked for two or three iteration of the egg uh, stuff, and they stopped it at the, the generation six or seven. So almost during the whole lifetime of the egg stuff. So. Right, interesting. So like from the complete beginning of it until the the end is when you got in really. Yeah, we only lost a bit of money, I think, on the last one, on the last two. Yeah, yeah. Um, and basically, after that, you had to go find a new strategy, right? Or yeah, yeah. I guess is there any um, other strategies you can share that you've done in the past? Uh, so then we didn't. I did uh, liquidity sniping. Oh, something I did recently by hand but not for blank, just for me. Yeah. It was the level finance reward system. Okay. That was basically uh, broken because <laughs> it's not broken like a hack. It's like, like long okay, let me explain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me explain. Um, so they did this thing where for every dollar you trade, you get one reward token, which is the Y level. And at the end of the period, one period is 24 hours. Yeah. Um, There is a bonus that is distributed to 
proportionally to all the order of Y level. So what was possible is that you just do a lot of rush trading and to farm some Y level. And as long as the bonus at the end is larger than what you paid in fees uh, during the rush trading, yeah. could make money of it. All right. So you were like doing this That's... manually without a bot. Yeah, yeah. I was literally doing click, click on my computer. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you set up a um, script? Because I don't know if it works by hand. I knew that the strat would only last like a few days. Okay. So it was not worth the effort. And also doing code all the day for blank. So right. it was just enough. Yeah, yeah. But that's, I think that's what made the success of Level Finance. Mm-hmm. It's their reward system. Because if you look at their volume compared to their market, market cap, yeah and the number of users, they have a very, very high volume. But I think most of it comes from the reward system. Yeah, yeah, everybody's just trying to like go for that, make that quick buck. It kind of reminds me of like Ampleforth, um, like the rebasing craze. If you if you're there for that, like it it was basically all these all these tokens, quote unquote stable coins or rebasing back Mm -hmm. to like their level, they'll just give you like a bunch of tokens. So there was like a whole bunch yeah. of like strategies for doing that. One example is just borrowing from like Harvey and just like having that before someone called like the, the rebase function, which was public. And then you could just borrow all these tokens, rebase it, and then repay them and you have profit. It's quite, uh, yeah. <coughs> I didn't know about this. Yeah, you just, that's a fun strategy. Yeah, yeah. You just borrow the entire pool of like, let's say Aave and <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you just rebase and now you have, shit ton of tokens for free basically ah i see i see yeah it's quite interesting so like i guess people that want to join a team how do they even first of all how do you even find mev teams because they're so like they're notoriously known for just not having a a face or a public figure right so how do you really like get these people to approach you or you find them and approach them um, I think, yeah, maybe just just randomly help people on maybe the Flashbot Discord or on Twitter. Share what you find on the blogs or on the chain and people will approach you naturally. Like do your own research and be public about it Yeah, and people will find you. Basically just be like open That's, source and provide value, right? Yeah, and maybe just randomly help people. <laughs> yeah i think there's like tons of teams that are are like actively hiring but it's not like public like oh yo we're hiring for our mev team right it's yeah. it's a lot of like secrecy and trying to keep the keep it on the low yeah like people don't jump on podcasts or do interviews or even talk about their strategies because they don't want to release any information to help because whatever the information they leak is basically helping their competition or help building their competition (laughs) um but i think it's also like a a terrific thing to share like content like this because then you also build kind of like a a network and people around you depending on your goals obviously but it can definitely be beneficial and that's something i did um like i made content on mev like how to build a bot how to start and all this stuff um i even made a template but uh Ah, it's you that made this template is it in yeah, the rust. Yeah, the rust one. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like all that stuff kind of blew up. You, you basically talk about the thing that nobody talks about. And like, uh, I'm sure you did this as well, but did you ever just go on the Flashbots Discord and read all the messages? <laughs> yeah, I did it for some time, but it's just too much time consuming. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if you... You could spend hours on the Flashbot Discord and still get no infos and oh, yeah. nothing out of it. Yeah, have you ever done like psyops to someone else? <laughs> Not intentionally. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. No. I, I, I think I've done it a fair few times, uh, actually. I still do it to this day, actually. <laughs> yeah? What kind of psyops? Like someone's trying to like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, not much, really. Just, you know just building um and then they like ask a question about something specific tell them the complete opposite <laughs> of like yeah mm-hmm. this is not good at all don't do that it's a horrible decision um let's see yeah but like it depends what it is obviously but uh, more often than not i'm pretty helpful so did you learn like solidity before did you already know solidity before all this stuff or did you how did you even get into like really MEV, because you're working like Web2 right before this, and then yeah. you just jumped straight into MEV, or like what happened? Um, no, I started MEV just as a side project. Like I was waking up uh, before, like I wake up <laughs> early in the morning doing MEV, okay. and I was going to my Web2 job, mm-hmm. and then during the night I was programming my bot again. Interesting. And did you do like any any like scripting slash botting before this stuff or? Uh, no, I always have been on BSC. Right, like I mean, like I never... did you program any scripts for like let's say RuneScape because that's also like a common thing before you got into ah. like, yeah MEV botting. Uh yeah, I did some botting of some random stuff. I also did I also did a bot on. Binance, the McAfee stuff. I don't know if you remember. Every week, I think, McAfee was just saying the name of a random token on Binance. Oh, really? Oh, man. And it was pumping the token yeah. by 30 to 40%. Uh-huh. A bit like what Musk is doing right now with Doge. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so we saw this, and I made a shitty JavaScript bot yeah. in... I think three hours. I asked some friend if they want to participate. And I think in two hours, I had 10K <laughs> to play with. Yo. Uh, I was like, boys, I never tested this code. I cannot even test it. <laughs> Are you sure you want to give me that much money? So like, yeah, 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 do it, do it. And it worked. <laughs> wow. What was the return like? I think we multiplied the money by two, almost by two. Yeah, that's pretty good, though. <laughs> In, in like one minute. <laughs> yeah, it's like insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's like a VC's dream, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's was, that was, I think that was the best dopamine shot of my life because there was so much stress of, you know, it's when it's your own money, you don't really, no, you care about your own money, yeah, but yeah. it's not really important if you lose it. Yeah, yeah. But when it's your friend's money, and they're like, no, no, take it, no worries. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but then I saw that it worked, and I was like, damn. <laughs> God damn, all right. 
Um, yeah. Did you ever like, okay, so when you built this bot, did you build like a Twitter scraper as well for like um, basically scanning his tweet if it just had like the token name or symbol? You were just like, okay, search on, search the pair up. Yeah. Uh, the bot was just fetching the pairs on Binance right. and subscribing to the Twitter feed of McAfee. And if, if he was doing a tweet with matching with, um, with a token, yeah. then we just buy it and instantly sell the, sorry, instantly send the sell transaction because there was so much volume that even if you send directly a sell transaction, mm -hmm. it could take like 30 seconds to one minute to get validated. Oh, gosh, you. By, by the API. Was this on Binance or? On Binance, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yo, that, that's so interesting though. Um, and the funniest part of it is that it was running on a free AWS instance with one core and 512 oh megabytes of <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. You basically just like put in a new email and did like a free trial. Yeah, yeah. It was like the free GLVM that you can get for free. Instant <laughs> 2x 10k. Oh man. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Have you have like what 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 are kind of more strategies if you anything else like that? Hmm? Do you have like any more kind of like war stories from the the early days? Uh, I have a lot of stories like this, but I don't always remember them. Yeah, it's just like constant new stuff coming out. Build scrappy little bots in a couple of hours and like run them basically. Yeah, that's yeah, that's. Cool. That's what I said before, that you don't need to focus on the performance stuff and that kind of that kind of shit. You just need to be the first and be smart about it. Mm. Like for the JavaScript bot of McAfee, it was really one of the worst code I made. <laughs> and <laughs> but I just had the good idea to put the instance in AWS, mm -hmm. I don't remember the data center, uh, the West, the one in uh, Virginia, yeah, yeah. because I knew that the API at the time was there. And I think that's how I won against the other people. Mm. You just, just need to think about the stuff and not, you don't need to yeah. optimize. Yeah, yeah. Just get something that works out as fast as possible. Interesting. Yeah, that's, that's like amazing. Did you ever like open source that or is it still... In the archives. This bot? Yeah. I don't even know if, if it was using a git. Oh, wow. Like uh, write a notepad uh, and then. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe I still have it on my computer. I should check. Yeah, I think like any but, new search is like basically doing the same thing as what you're doing. It's just finding some super niche thing. It could even be like the same strategy. Build it. It, like it lasts for a couple you know days or weeks and maybe just release it because that's like basically your credentials right it the alpha is no longer there it's not going to work you may as well yeah. release the code um and then that's how you can kind of like propel yourself into you know a full-time job working with a team or even just like attract the right <clears throat> people right yeah and one other alpha that was like super easy to implement i did not do it but really it's like 100 line of code mm. is that uh, when Musk replaced the Twitter logo with the Doge oh, yeah. logo, you could just have a script that check, I don't know, two times per second if the logo is back to the Twitter logo. <laughs> 
and shot the Doge. Yeah. And you could have made money. Oh, yeah. And it's like 200, not even 200, 100 line of code. You basically just like, yeah, Mev is not just limited to like on chain. It's also what's influencing it outside of the chain as well. Like these big personalities. Yeah, I think that's yeah. really outside, like thinking outside the box strategy. Yeah, that's the idea. Yeah, like most people are just looking on chain, like, okay, <clears throat> how do I read this contract? Okay, is there any anything specific in this? No, okay, on to the next. Looking at all the transactions in a block. But then there's always that, like the guy that's thinking even more broader and macro, just like what you're doing, was just looking. <laughs> Looking at the profile picks to change, scraping that. Okay, it's changed. Let's let's build a a little switch thing, and then throw it on like a AWS trial. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's actually amazing. But but that was the early days, so yeah, maybe it would not fork anymore. But uh, never know, man. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, we never know. Make all my money through scraping Twitter tweets. <laughs> <laughs> that's the true alpha at Project Blank. <laughs> Yeah. No, right now we do like serious bots that really go deep into optimization and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But there's still like a lot of money to make with shitty shell scripts. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, man, now you've got me excited. I'm going to go scrape some, some Twitter some Twitter profile. <laughs> I think even just like following the right people as well um, and just like tracking their tweets and seeing common patterns. Maybe like someone tweet. Like, I'm pretty sure... Like you, you'll see a tweet of someone like shilling someone big with like a lot of followers, like a token, and then you can like instantly jump into like maybe a whitelist or something, front run the whitelist. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that if you bought uh, some crypto scammer influencer, we can get a few percent every time they tweet something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't even have to be inside their alpha group as long as you're in front of all of the normies copying their trades. Like that's still a viable yeah, option now, right? Yeah, it's a viable uh, project. Yeah. Yo, man, this has been terrific. I, I've actually really enjoyed this. And I think those little uh, war stories were excellent. <laughs> I definitely need to listen to some more, man. Awesome. But yeah, man, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Raph. Uh, thanks yeah, so much for, for coming on and you know taking the risk of getting a little bit of fame uh, <laughs> for Project Blank. Maybe you get hit up from some like VCs now, uh, some more. Yeah, man, been a pleasure and I, I hope it all goes well. Yeah, thank you. Right, well, take care, everyone. <laughs>